Now, Netball New Zealand kicked off its centenary celebrations over the weekend with the launch of a Hall of Fame, honouring some of the biggest names in the game over the past 100 years. But the event seemed to garner fanfare more akin to the opening of a suburban garden centre. The failure to generate any real hype for the launch reflects the mounting external challenges facing netball, while traditionally male-dominated sports beef up their investment in women and girls' programmes. Here to talk about what is not in the head lines is in-depth sports correspondent Dana Johansson. Dana, first off, can you tell us about the occasion on Saturday? Yeah, well this year is a, a pretty special year for Netball New Zealand. It's the first national netball body in the world to reach 100 years of existence. Um, the official anniversary is May 21, um, but celebrations kicked off on Saturday with the launch of a Hall of Fame. Uh, 12 players, coaches and officials were elevated to icon status, um, including greats like Dame Lois Muir, Joan Harnett, Sandra Edge and some more contemporary names like Irene Van Dyke, Laura Langman and Casey Corpua. Um, but if you missed all this, you're probably not alone. Uh, the, the occasion seemed to pass with, with barely a mention in media and it seems to be a pretty sad reflection really of, of where the sport has got to. Yeah, whose fault's that? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's it's kind of been brewing for some time. It's really illustrative of the, of the dwindling mainstream interest in netball, which is hugely concerning for sports leaders. Um, for a long time, netball was kind of the outlier. It was the, the one women's sport that was regularly shown on television and it got pretty healthy media coverage and exposure. Now it's got company. So um, gradually what we've seen over the last decade is... Um, traditionally male-dominated codes like rugby, cricket, football, they've kind of woken up to the fact that the biggest opportunity for revenue and participation growth is to actually focus on the 50% of the population they kind of ignored for the century before that. Um, so that's really seen behind the explosion of, of a lot of sport, elite sporting leagues for women and the surge of investment in global events like the Women's Rugby World Cup, Women's Football World Cup, Women's Cricket World Cup. The net result of it all is, of course, that um, we've got a pretty congested sporting market at the moment and, and netball is battling for eyeballs. Um, and I guess the weekend's event really showed that it's it's losing that fight. So is it an existential crisis for netball? I think netball's absolutely facing an existential crisis, yeah. Um, late last year, RNZ broke the news that the sport's facing massive cuts to its broadcast revenue with Sky's bid for the rights coming in at half the previous offer. Those negotiations are still ongoing, but it sounds like Sky are not budging. Um, and that's really a reflection of the dwindling audiences for what has been a, a pretty low-key domestic league. And they've really failed to innovate and ensure that its product remains compelling for TV audiences. Also, you look at like the Silver Ferns International. Um, they've, they kind of play a repetitive loop of the same teams over and over. And there's fear now with the collapse of the Commonwealth Games potentially on the cards. It could only intensify that kind of insular nature um, on the international s scene, which... Um, yeah, it just it just seems a desperately sad situation given that netball really pioneered the the professionalism um, and commercialisation of of women's sport. So how do they fire back up again? How do they get back in the limelight and kind of win the the, the hearts and minds of people again? Yeah, I think they they really need to show some ambition for their sport and a willingness to innovate. And Saturday night is probably case in point. I mean, at a time when the sport needs to innovate, Netball New Zealand's big idea is to launch a, a Hall of Fame, which is kind of stock standard stuff for other sports. Um, it's the shop window they need to focus on, and that's the ANZ Premiership, and that's in desperate need of an overhaul. Um, it's become quite a repetitive pro product, and perhaps they need to 
like revisit the idea of going back to a trans-Tasman league or at least having some element of trans-Tasman competition in there um, and even possibly look at some of the rule changes that have been implemented across the ditch um, I'd also really think they need to focus on some more future-focused initiatives to inspire the, the next generation of players. And Dana, I'd have to say that some of those other sports that you mentioned, which are now sort of head-to-head in competition, say women's rugby, they have some really engaging individuals that no doubt they have um, captured the hearts and minds of people and drawn drawn people into the sport by force of their personalities. I mean, does netball... I mean, who does netball have that is the equivalent, really? Yeah, I mean, it is in some ways by force of personality, but also they've got this mega machine behind it in terms of um, the investment. Um, You look at what New Zealand rugby have in terms of their marketing team versus Netball New Zealand's marketing team. So there are some brilliant stories to be told in Netball, um, really engaging characters like Grace Noiki, the, the new young shooter who is an absolute superstar and, and already considered one of the best players in the world. Um, Amelia Ann Ekanasio, their, their captain, also really, really engaging speaker and, and, and you know, quite quite a different character as well. So it's really ensuring that Netball sells those stories and at the moment they're not. Thank you, Dana. Dana Johansson, the